Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Rock Bay 3K3, and I'm back with the Nerd Plate. We got a very special segment here today. We have one of our top, if not the top fan of the Nerd Plate. All the rest of you fans get on his level. Mr. Smith, introduce yourself. Hello, Nerd Plate listeners. I am Mr. Smith, and real quick, before I forget, uh, I would like to make a shout-out to uh, Mr. Shogun of the Government Name Podcast, who I believe was on the show back in March. Yes. And he, he, he did not believe that I was real. <laughs> uh, I look, look, thank I you, Mr. Smith. Please tell them that you're real and I'm not making you up. <laughs> I am neither a figment of Rockman 3K3's imagination nor Leroy's. I can assure you of that. <laughs> I am a genuine fan of the show, and I enjoy listening to it on a regular basis. Awesome. As you will soon find out. Awesome. <laughs> yes, you will. So, uh, first off, I want to say but thank you so much for listening to us. We do appreciate it. Leroy wanted to be here, but he had something to come up, so I do apologize about it. And we will call you back when he's on the show as well, so we can all talk. Um, but I wanted to do this because we've been promised to put you on for a while. And we definitely want to show our appreciation to you as being one of our top fans and just a listener and supporter. So we really appreciate you, bro. Um, and I'm a, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about you first. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for that glowing introduction. And, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I believe I met you. We met in person. I know, I know once. I want to say we met twice at a mutual friend's house. I want to say we did. I think it's once. I'm not sure. I want to say we did, but I think once. Okay, I know it was once, and uh, our mutual friend, Rodimus. Yes. It, it was basically like the, the connection between us. Yes. And uh, I believe you were playing, we were playing a Star Wars uh, tabletop. Yes, tabletop. Yes, we were. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, long story short, everything kind of went to hell. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I kind of did mess up everything for you guys, like your plan. Like it was, it was totally me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, well, here's the thing. I mean, a, a game like that, and I know I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. No, no, you're game, fine. You're fine. Go ahead. There's so many different kinds of games, uh, not just the genres and stuff like that, but ways to play them. I, I recently got into a game uh, not too long ago, thinking it was going to be. Kind of one way, and everybody else kind of took it the other way. So I thought, okay, and I had to adjust my play style. Plus, uh, this was like your first game in our group, and it seemed like you were expecting something else. <laughs> it ended up being something. It ended up being something completely different, and I, I, I totally sympathize with you there. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was having fun, and I just I felt bad because I was just like, uh, oops, like because you guys had a, a good system going. I just come in with all fancy schmancy Jedi and just using force tricks. <laughs> well, no, and, and that's cool. I mean, it's, that's one of the cool things about role playing games. You do stuff you don't know what's going to happen next. It's just right. you know, whatever you're trying to do can fail catastrophically, and it can be funny or upsetting. I, I've, uh, <laughs> I've experienced both. Right. I've experienced both. Every yeah, every D and D campaign ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, well, to, to give you a little bit more background on me, uh, I am an old nerd. Well, I say old. I'm almost forty. 
<laughs> that's not old, man. That's like the new 20. What are you talking about? Oh, well, thank you. That, yeah, that's very kind of you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember watching Return of the Jedi in theaters. I don't think I was quite four years old yet. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. That's, yeah, that's that's me, and I was one of these uh, introverted kids. I still am introverted to a large degree, but I mean, like, comics, uh, video games, any thing that allowed me to put my mind somewhere else other than the real world, that's what I was into. Right, right. I, I, I love uh, cartoons, movies, uh, video games, uh, especially ones that allow me to explore something that I can just, like, back when I was in college, I played Diablo 2, and I'd say, oh, it's 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I'll just do this other little thing, and then I'll save and go to bed and then when I finally go to bed it's like 3 a.m. and I have to be up in five hours right (laughs) so and and as a side note I also kind of have a love-hate relationship with video games Uh, I can see ways in which I I need to kind of curtail my my, my tendencies to play for long hours and get really frustrated and throw the controller down and stuff like that so I kind of have to you know Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, okay, it's bad. So, okay, repeat that for me again, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying how uh, I, I see some of my negative qualities emerge when I play video games or, or certain video games in a certain way, so I have to be a little bit more conservative about how I, you know, partake of them. I feel uh, you, I feel you. It's, yeah, and that's just me, though. But I mean, and, and honestly, I was never great at video games. Uh, when I was younger, I was a lot more into them. Mm-hmm. Now, believe it or not, I, I get most of my video game news from you and Leroy. Oh, thank you. We, uh, that's. Yeah. I mean, we try to make it as accurate as possible, but we we miss on some things. So you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank I mean, you. There's only so much that you can squeeze into an episode, right. first of all. Right. And, and there's a lot to unpack with certain bits of news and stuff like that. So you do what you can, and, you know, and that's totally fine. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, if we could jump into some questions, um, I guess, about some things, because I wanted to get your opinion on some things. So first off, let me move to us. Let me be selfish and move to the nerd plate. Now, uh, if I can ask, what what episode got you into the nerd plate, if you remember? Oh, man. There's, I, I've listened to so many of them. Uh, yeah, there are a lot, say, so I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a lot. Uh, and I, I did watch uh, uh, some episodes back when you were still on YouTube. Right, And at right. that time... By the way, I basically work two jobs, so when I get home and sit down way out here in the middle of nowhere, you know, I I have to save the episode onto my phone and then listen to it later and stuff like that when I have time. Yeah, I totally understand. Two jobs? That's why I said thank you for listening. Seriously, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, let's see, when y'all were... You switched over to this format. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to the first 
five episodes. I think there was one about the Migos, which I didn't know about them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Leroy is a huge fan. He is a super fan of them. Cool, cool. I know what that's like. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I wasn't cool enough to know who they were beforehand, so y'all educated me. But uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know which one it was, but I had a day off and I listened to I think three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And I, just in general, I like the vibe of the show. Like, but to, to give you a little uh, uh, an explanation. Some of my fondest childhood memories are of family get-togethers. Mm-hmm. My aunts and uncles would come over to my dad's house, usually it was my, my, my mom and dad's house. My brother and all my cousins would sit over on the, the other side of their own table. I couldn't have cared less about what they were talking about. Right. Interesting conversations were always amongst the adults. Always. And I, just, <laughs> I, I like to sit and listen to that, listen to them tell stories and trade jokes and stuff like that. Right. And even though I didn't know it at the time, when you hear people talk about stuff that interests them and they're cutting up and having fun, it's a really easy and fun way to get to know them. Yes. And I think a good conversation or a good podcast should be like that. Since I already knew of you at least a little bit, you know, from the rod of us introducing us and stuff like that. I just, I, I, I connected with the show. I like the fact that you and Leroy are two very different people with different uh, perspectives on things, and you like yes. different <laughs> kinds of video games and stuff like that, and he gives you hell about it. Yes, all the time. He calls me old all the time, bro. Trust me. It's, I'm like, man, just wait until your shit ain't popping anymore. Then we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's a challenge, man. It's a, you see what I deal with? I mean, he's a great guy. I love him. But that dude. Oh, yeah. uh, Leroy. But yes. Yeah, yeah. And the, the pendulum does tend to swing back eventually. Yes, it does. Uh, I will say. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. And, and you know, me and uh, my best friend, uh, well, you've met him, obviously. Uh, obviously. We'll call him Papa, Papa Bear. Right, and right. And he has a t-shirt. T-shirt that says Papa Bear on it. <laughs> I, I can believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he's got two beautiful kids. Right. So it, it fits. But uh, he and I have kind of a, a similar relationship. I mean, we're there's nothing we wouldn't do for each other, uh-huh. you know, if we can. But, you know, he's... I'm like the introvert one, and he's the one who's like, you know, I, I don't care. I'll just say whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. He is. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he, he's gonna. He's gonna be him. Yes, um, regardless. Sometimes that works to his to his detriment, but you know. Yes. You listen, you know, I love you, bro. <laughs> um, Shout out to you, buddy. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What was I saying? I, I I do apologize. I'm gonna have to rely on you on this episode to kind of keep me focused. That's okay. I, 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 I diverge uh, quite a bit. Any of our mutual friends will tell you that. Well, I mean, you know, and you listen to the show and you hear us diverge quite a lot. So, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, but, let me ask I mean, you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut the show off. Oh, sorry about that, but um, I, I was just going to make an attempt from, you know, get myself back on topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, overall, I, I can't really point out one particular episode that I just thought, okay... You know, this is my new podcast. 
Okay. It's just, it, it was the overall vibe of the show. Just very informal, like, you know, we're here doing this for us. And this is what we enjoy doing. And it's, that comes across. You're doing it because you love it. Thank you. Not because anyone's forcing it. So, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We, do, we, we, we try. We work on it a lot. Like, it definitely comes from the heart. And we definitely have fun with it. And we do it for you guys. So, you know, it's, it's definitely pretty awesome so we uh i definitely appreciate that i know leroy would um yeah thank you also let me ask you this so do you have a favorite episode favorite episode Man. yeah um <laughs> golly i gotta tell you the what if episodes really tickled me a lot of you know a lot of people love those i didn't think they would take off like they did but a lot of people love those yeah, yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in general, Leroy does not get, like, really, like, role-playing games, does he not? I mean, if it's, like, an action kind of role-playing game, I can see maybe him. Yeah, like, he's not, like, so he'll play tabletop games, but he doesn't, okay. he's not into the RPGs in the traditional sense, like, uh, turn-based, like, games or strategy games, he's not really into those. Yeah. Well, what about games that are about really, like, deep, involved character development? Like, is he into stuff like that? Depends. Like, he'll play God of War, he'll play Devil May Cry when the RPG stuff is in the background, and it's just action and telling the story, but he won't play stuff that's, like, deep in, like, he's he's not really into The Witcher. Um, Legend of Zelda he is into, which is close to that. But that's about as close as he gets to that RPG realm. He even tried, and I was really f- proud of him for trying this, he even tried Fire Emblem, but... Wow. Yeah, that's what I said to I was like, wow, you know. But I, he he liked it on the 3DS, but he didn't play another one after that. But he really tried with that one. It's just he doesn't wow. really have the patience for it. It's not really his forte, so... Gotcha. But that's Assassin's that's- Creed, he will, the new ones... You know, like, he loves that Assassin's Creed is like his series, period. But the new Assassin's Creed have more RPG elements to it, and he's still sticking with it. So for him, I think it's just like it has to be action in the front and all the RPG business in the back. So Gotcha. Gotcha. I totally understand that. Uh, the reason I ask that is because he seems to really get into the What If episodes, which in a way, if you think about it, it's kind of like... Uh, a tabletop role-playing game. Right, I mean, that's all it is, essentially. But, yeah, yeah he... Yeah. And, and it's because it's it's stuff that he loves. Like, um, I don't know if you listened to him and his best friend, uh, Mr. Merch, when they talked about... Uh, yeah, the Naruto what-if, uh, the Dragon Man. Ball what-if, and then we did the Star Wars what-if, which he totally got into, because he's a huge fan of both Star Wars and Star Trek. So, yeah, it's just it's stuff that he likes like that because it's he can get as crazy and as imaginative as he wants and he doesn't have to worry about the rules so much. Like, he's fine. But anytime he has to get into RPGs, like, with the turn-based stuff, he's like, ah. And I'm like, oh, come on. It's, it's not that bad, you know. So. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason I brought that up is that I feel like if he is with a good group of people who were uh, playing a tabletop role-playing game, and the rules were, were just uh, enough to not be in the way and stuff like that. I think he could really get into role playing, like kind of. Oh yeah, no, he we we actually 
funny story. We were in a tabletop game together. We were in a good D. Well, we were in an okay deal D and D game together. But the the D and D master was kind of crazy, kind of a dick. So I stepped away, and then he was still playing. But then like someone else stepped away because the dude was just kind of crazy. So yeah. So he's he's actually done it before. And you're right, like, I think he would in- continue to enjoy it if just someone else was Game Master and the rules weren't so brutal. He would enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I remember when I first started role-playing, it was just before D&D 3rd Edition, uh, our first Game Master. Mm-hmm. Set down all, all these books on the table, and I was going to make a character, and I saw that, that stack of books must have been nearly a foot thick, and I thought, there's no way I'm going to read all that. I'm right. Gonna, this was my first... This is my first year of college. I've got enough homework. Right, but you know. <laughs> I got, got, got into it and just kind of learned the basic rules and stuff like that. You know, yeah. eventually I started getting, like, wanting to, to really get into, like, the deeper character stuff and, and all that. That's That part of it is really just fascinating for a long time with tabletop RPGs. And just, you know, I, I, I when you do these What If episodes, I see enthusiasm from the both of you. Right. And I thought, well, <laughs> and that, not knowing that he had uh, role-played before, I thought, you know, hey, he, he'd be good at it. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I've told him that before. Like, he just, he really wants to do it again, but like, he, like, again, he doesn't want to be the GM or the DM, and so, um, you know, I told him, like, I was like, I mean, one day, like, because he's like, why don't you, like, be Dungeon Master? I'm like, nah, it's, I just got too much on my plate right now, but maybe one day, because I've done it once or twice before, but, yeah, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of work working around people's schedules as well, so. Yeah, I, I've run a few games myself, mm-hmm. uh, and it, 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 at any time, if you ask me which one I would rather do, role play or run a game, I think 90% of the time, at least, I'll say I'd rather play the game. Right. Because, you know, it takes a lot of prep work and stuff like that. Plus, you don't want to feel pressured into running uh, a a game for someone, especially if it's like your first game, you've never really, like, or your first time to run a game. Right. You know, it's just, let it be when it's your idea and you got a good group and say, hey, I got an idea for a campaign, here it is, what do you think? And then just kind of ease into it, you know. It's, well, right, and then... I, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, go I ahead. Just, I, I've been in several groups where someone will run a campaign for a good long while, and then the role of Game Master will shift to another person. So it's really good to have several, or at least two, or, or preferably three or more people in the group who are, are really good role players and who have run at least a little something once in a while because running a long-term game can be very rewarding and if you're like just a super creative type that loves you know working with people and 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 role-playing and writing down ideas and creating worlds and stuff that's fantastic but eventually you need a break it's it's, you do it's it's continuous effort and uh, i kind of I kind of see you in that way because you're making an RPG right now. I know you're right. making a full-time job and you're doing this. And yes. I know that it's, it's, it's constant effort. So. Constant, just, man. Constant. Yeah, yeah. And, and just as an aside, don't overwork yourself. 
<laughs> Man, I'm gonna try not to, but Mr. Smith, it's uh, that is the. It seems like I live by that because right now I'm actually I have another project in the works on top of everything else that uh, everybody will hear pretty soon. Um, it, it's it's something I can't say much of right now, but I've got meetings coming up for it. And you know when it when it happens, I hope everybody likes it. But uh, yeah, I'm trying not to, man. It's just it, it's like they just keep coming, and I just kind of keep <laughs> doing everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I understand. Um, I, I I do know of what you're talking about. I won't I won't get any more into it. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, just, just just remember not to to work too hard. You know, take time out for you once in a while. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what? Again, what was the question? <laughs> well, so <laughs> favorite, not favorite. What was the question? Uh, yeah, no, favorite uh, episode of the Nerd Plate. Favorite episode? Well, uh, it's if you're gonna put me on the spot here, I gotta say it's it's gonna be one of the what if episodes, and there's. Hmm. Uh, it, it's either going to be, I think, Dragon Ball or the Star Wars Pound Cake Part Two, which I think. Actually, no. That's I'm sorry. You you did uh, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy in like two separate episodes of. Uh, it, it was in two separate episodes, wasn't it? Yes. So we did, we did the uh, the prequels, and then we did like the trilogy plus. The two, so we split it up somehow. Like I want to say, we probably touched on the original movies a little bit in the last of uh, the first part, and then the second part we did all the we did all the movies so far, basically. So right, right. Oh, and uh, an honorable mention goes to I don't know which episode it was originally when y'all did this, but uh, the Mike Tyson references. Yes. Oh, the uh, the Iron Mike Tyson <laughs> states. Oh my God, man, that was one of my favorite episodes to do. Yep, the original One Punch Man. That's it. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Smith. People don't understand. They they think we're live when we talk about that, but I'm like, go back and watch the tapes. I promise you, the original One Punch Man. You know. <laughs> okay, and also, let, let me. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, so we've talked about a lot of games on the show. Was there any games that we talked about that stand up? You're like, oh my gosh, that's my game. I can't believe they're talking about it. Probably. I, I think y'all mentioned, uh, it may have been recently. It was, uh, I actually may have mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yes. Yes, we have yeah. mentioned that a lot of times. What? When I was a kid, uh, one of my brother's friends. Mm-hmm. loaned him his uh, uh, Nintendo. It was the gold cartridge of Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. I, t- I didn't know if it was even in there. I thought maybe Spy Hunter or something like that was in there. And I turned it on and I saw like the Triforce. I'm like, what's this? And my brother came in and said, don't touch that. I think it, you know, like my friend, I, I think it was Ricky, he said, he put like 12 hours worth of playing into that game. Don't erase it or something like that. And I went, oh! And from then on, I treated that game, like, it was plutonium. I didn't touch it because I didn't want to mess anything up. And games like that for a while intimidated me because my attention span was very short. Mm-hmm. And, and to 
this day, I, I've got the original PlayStation 1 version of uh, Final Fantasy 7, which I have not beat. But, wow. Yeah, like, it's, it's, but eventually I started to overcome that, and the game that really got me into it, really, I think it was, I, I consider it to be a role-playing game, in a way. It was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I mean, it kind of, if, if you, if you really break it down, it kind of is, because you got stats you had to worry about, you had equipment you yeah. had to get, um, there were definitely a lot of, like, side things to do on top of trying to get to Dracula, um, yep. so yeah, I, I kind of, I'll, I'll go with you on that one, like, I kind of give it the action RPG, uh, as I like to call it, because it, it created that Metroidvania, um, you know, genre, because until, yep. until they used that formula, the only other formula, or other, other game to use that formula was Metroid, so... Yeah, like I'll, I'll I'll give you that too. Like I kind of feel like it's an RPG as well. Yeah, to me, it had uh, enough of the RPG stuff to really keep me interested. But you know, as an action side scroller, man, it just it, it sucked me in. And I would stay up late. I was in and and uh, Papa Bear. He was my roommate in college at the time. I was playing it. He yeah, you know, every time we talk about that game, he's like, "Dude, I put so many hours into that game." <laughs> Yeah, and I've still got the game saved on my memory card. I think the first time I beat it, I put 14 hours worth of work into it. Either 14 or 16 hours. No, it was 16. And the second time I beat it, I did it in 12 because I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But to me, that was like a clear uh, example of you know me just kind of not being uh, so afraid of really long, uh, drawn-out games. Anymore. And then from there, I could play other games. Because, I mean, before, you know, before uh, all of that, I was playing games like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which I still never fully beat. I got pretty far along in that. Oh, dude. I beat that one time. That took me months to get to Mike Tyson. And then it takes you another month and so just to train to beat Mike Tyson. Oh, man. That game. Yeah, yeah. And, And if you're still... Like, just not playing on an emulator, but on the original system, there was no way to save your progress when you restart nope. the game, and you had to start all over. Yeah, you had to go back, because they did it by, like, region and, like, circuit title. So, if you yeah. lost to them, you would go, you would just lose your title, and then if you lost before you got back to getting your title back, then you had to, like, start all over again, or start back from the password, which was at least four fights before somebody, or before the champ. So it was really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game put you through the ringer, but if, if you could figure out what their patterns were, especially without having to look in the video game strategy guides and stuff like that, uh, yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, you, you, were, you were pretty badass if you could beat that game. Yeah, because, uh, man, Mike Tyson, his, his patterns are winks. He does not have a tail. The only thing he has is the wink, and it's the hardest thing in the world to get. Mr. Smith, hey, woo! I, I remember yeah. when I finally beat him, I was so happy as a kid. I, and I didn't play Punch-Out anymore while I was a kid. Like, I have it now. Like, I've had it, oof. I don't have the original game, but I've had it on my Wii, my Wii U, and I have it on my Switch now. But, like, man, like, as a kid, when I put in all that time on Nintendo, woof. That was crazy, man. Yeah. Now, when you played it later on on other systems, did you remember the, the patterns of all the boxers just immediately come back to you or did you have to kind of 
Okay, he did this. Or did yeah, no, it just can't. It, it's so crazy. It never leaves me. Like I, I now when I first got back in the plane, like I was like, okay, I'm a little rusty. But like now, like when I downloaded it from my Switch game, because just recently uh, it showed up on the Nintendo Online service. That was the free game. I think two months ago. Man, Mr. Smith, when I tell you, this was like. <laughs> One of the, I was like, oh, I'm showing this. And, like, I literally sat up there, and I won three titles before I started, like, okay, I'm losing now. And I was like, dang, I still yeah. remember all this. I remember Glass Joe. I remembered all those. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So. Yeah, I, Glass Joe, and it was uh, King Kaiser or Grand Kaiser, something like that. He was a German boxer. And then. Yeah. Uh, Piston Honda. And then after that, you win your first title, and it's. Uh, the flamingo or flamenco guy. He's he. You see the the they reused some of the character designs. So the Glass Joe guy had the short dark hair. Yep. And he had a completely different pattern. And then there was King Hippo. And then yeah. From, it, from there on, I, it was, you had to fight Piston Honda again, Ball Bull. And I think I got all the way up to Soda Popinski. Oh, Soda Popinski. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, I, I hated him too. And I think there was a guy after that. Uh, yes, I forgot his, his. I think he had like stars on his tights. Yeah, like I forgot his name, but he's also tough. But Soda Popinski is tough because he's so hyper. Like there's, yeah, he apparently he definitely got hyper from drinking all that soda and caffeine. But like, I mean, the dude was just super fast, and if you didn't catch him at the right time, but like, he tires you out, and then it just goes at it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think I may have beat him once or twice, and that was back when I had the emulator on my computer. This was back when I was still in college, so early two thousand. I should have been studying. <laughs> hey, hey, man, punch out is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you gotta let off some steam every once in a while. Somehow. And um, yeah. Okay, and, and here's my other question. Um, okay. Fire away. When you, so, alright, in gaming, like, how do you feel about gaming now? And, like, how, because you're, you're an old school gamer like I am. Like, how do you feel about the way the gaming's going in this generation? Like, how do you feel about it? Like, with the digital age looming and all this other stuff, like, how do you feel about the video game industry in today's society? Man, once upon a time, like, back when I was in high school and, and, and in college and afterwards for a while, I felt like, I kind of knew where the video game industry was. I was buying current video games and playing them. I think the last one that I played really on a regular basis with friends was the very first Dawn of War RTS game. Oh, man, on PC? That was classic. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved playing Chaos, and then I think I downloaded a patch or an update or something like that, and they nerfed my my Chaos. Oh, yeah. that could just obliterate tanks and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of nerfing. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of nerf. But back then, I think I still had a grasp of the game industry. And maybe not as, as like, the industry itself or the business as a whole, but I, I kept up to date with games that were, some games that were coming out that I was interested in. I, I, I was never into sports games. Um, and And... Some first-person shooters, action games. I think I knew a little bit more about fighting games. 
and, and every once in a while I'll, I'll get some news, either from the nerd plate or something will pop up on Yahoo or something like that. Like, right. what was it, Telltale Games? That yeah, closing. Did under- you see their, their games are being taken down now? Did you see that? I think I saw something about that. Wasn't the last game they made a Batman game or one of the last Yeah, games? Uh, Batman and the last season of The Walking Dead. But it got, um, so basically they were closing their doors. Well, they were, so it started off with people who used to work there were talking about how shitty of a place it was to work and sexual harassment, stuff like that. And then they started losing money and they were changing up management. And then all of a sudden we saw like, oh, they're about to close their doors. And then, you know, they had to disappear for a while. Well, now we're hearing that, yeah, now they're taking the games away because nobody's renewed the the ownership license behind all their games and so steam is like we can't sell the game if no one if we don't know who owns the company or ownership of these games and because like if they get money for like they don't know where the money's going so they have to just shut it down and it sucks because you know without them being under a new license those people who worked on those games just won't get paid anymore off that um yeah and and from what I heard, the Telltale games were really good. Yeah, they were. They were a good niche of games because nobody had thought to do that before. Um, and it really sucked yeah. because they were making a lot of good money. Like they were making great games. They're making a lot of money. Like they did Guardians of the Galaxy, which was cool. The Game of Thrones game is actually pretty cool. But yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, it, it was just one of those things where like, yep, yeah, no, we dissolved and. They don't have anyone who has ownership over these games, so we just have to take them down. So yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, and and you know, as you were talking, I was starting to think more about uh, at least what I've heard and what I think I know about the video game industry is that since I pretty much kind of stepped aside from it for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. it, it, it's grown to such. To, to such a, a, a huge size, it's actually kind of scary when I think about it. Like, video games are not, they don't necessarily have to be complete when they're released. No! There's there's more stuff. Is that not crazy yeah. nowadays? It, does that not, like, yeah. worry you? Like, it's like, they don't have, like, you remember when we had cartridges and CDs, like, we yeah. got the full game, but now it's like, oh, we can just release about 80% of it, and then the other 20% would be released in DLC. You know, it, it's weird to me. I, wow, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and really, it, personally, I think a little more honesty and transparency would be great. Like, if you tell people... Oh, absolutely, that, absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be a big game. This is what we'd like to put in it, but at the release date, realistically speaking, this is what it's going to have. If you want this other stuff, we'll make it available, and then we'll have extra DLC content that you can pay for later on if you want it. To me, right. if everyone would, would do that and just let people know up front what the deal is rather than just saying, okay, here's the game and then have, uh, what was it, No Man's Sky? Oh, have, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that No Man's Sky comes from a, a third-party indie developer who was trying to be too ambitious, and I think it got yeah. so much attention that they didn't have a choice but to like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. And I think, I mean, gradually, in hindsight, they did fix it. And I know, like, now it's like No Man's Sky Next, which is like a whole new game kind of thing. Um, yeah. And, and that is a little bit more forgivable because they're they're indie. 
But when you have stuff like Anthem, which we all felt the wrath of, it was just yeah, like, yeah. wow, you know, like, yeah, like, this is this is the demo. Thank you for giving me a $60 demo. Thanks for this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't feel the wrath so much as I heard it and, and felt it emotionally from you. I definitely kind of felt that coming through, because you, you mentioned it on, a, on several episodes. Yes, um, yes, several, yeah. several I, times. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in the technology, I mean, it, 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 in, for one thing, it kind of leads me to wonder, okay, next-gen systems and then the system after that, where are we going to go? Well, and then we've hit a graphical surface, it seems, because I know, you know, uh, 5K and 8K is on the horizon, which uh, I don't even think that's worth it. But I mean, it looks nice, but you know, still, I don't. Uh, can we? Can we really go to? Can our eyes really intercept and 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 kind of conceptualize the graphics really? Because there's reports, and which is true. Like you see some of the stuff, and it's like your eyes can't even sometimes comprehend what's going on, and so it just looks like different that, colors. Yeah. But you know, yes. Yeah, what was it, uh, 1080p, like the human eye can't even see, well, no, it was, I think it was 4K, like the eye, human eye can't even really, like, process that or something like that. Right, it, it can't, the only way you know it's different is that if you put them side by side, you can see the small differences, but if you've never seen it before, it won't hurt you, and then even if you've seen 1080p and you go to 4K, you notice the differences, but it's, it's not enough for me personally, be like, okay, I have to go out and have everything be like just so, like this is this is life now. I need high def because it, it just it's not enough for me to really want to do that. So I don't I don't understand their race to try to like get to that level. Um, but that it that does concern me about the new consoles that are coming out. Are we seeing? Are, is this the best we can do? Are we seeing like next gen stuff? Or are they just like, okay, well, what do we do? Because right now, like, I just came from doing the show about the E3 coverage, which, look for that Tuesday, but they talked about Project Scarlet, and they were talking about the same thing, to where, like, okay, you know, we're going to work on no loading times and SSD drive, and it's like, okay, you know, like, I, I just, I don't know. That's, that's a bold statement, no load times. They've been trying to make that for years, Mr. Smith. Years. And that shit never works out. They said the same thing about PS4. Which, I, and, and they might this time because SSDs are fast. But is it fast enough for a console to just be like, we can eliminate loading times? Because even your PC that has SSDs, they still have loading times. They're just short. But, you know, you're still going to have a loading time. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, and, and, and here's my take on it. Um, I'm like you. I remember older games that had load times, or or games that were like cartridges that had no load times at all. Right. So to me, I, I think it's admirable that technology is moving forward, and the video game company wants to give the consumer more. And of course, I know that's not the only explanation for you know. Why? No, of course, money, well, but, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I, I think you know what I, I, I mean. But right. I mean, like, to me, if they hit a, a wall with the, the graphics, you know, they, they can't, they just can't get any better. There's no way. I say focus more on making the games fun. Just I see. making sure that 
the end product is what you advertised. Right. Make it fun, give it some replay value and stuff like that. And you can add on stuff after that. And, and if people want it, they can, they can do it. Uh, but, you know, you see, like you said, Anthem had all this hype. And if they had focused on the game itself more, I think, and, and maybe... I don't know. Do you think if they had pushed back the release date and put some more work into it, it would have been better? Or Absolutely. I, I think it, it wouldn't. It would have been better. It, the problem is they kept pushing it and nobody worked on it. So they found out that, that they only worked. They did like maybe a month or two months work on the actual game itself because those years they kept changing the concept so much behind the That's game. Right. And it was just like why don't you just stick with something? Just pick a premise and stick with it. Because they teach us, when we talked about that in class, about game design, they teach us about scope creep and then just mean your deadlines. And it's like, you have so long, like you have to set that goal for yourself. If after a while, you're still in the planning phase, then you have to force yourself out of that and just like, okay, we got to get it done. Because this is what happens when investors get on your ass. Because that's what was happening too, is that, uh, EA just left Bioware to their own devices and they're like okay where is everything and then they had a new guy come in like okay guys where's the game and they're just like oh uh, yeah they kept changing so here's what we have and yeah they weren't so happy with it so I don't know it's funny because they had their conference but they didn't talk about anything and they definitely didn't talk about Anthem because I'm pretty sure they're just throwing that in the trash so who yeah. knows well and I think the point that I had trouble articulating earlier is that bigger isn't always better. Exactly. Like back when I was still playing video games, I what this is how awesome my mom is. For one one year for Christmas, she got me a subscription to Game Pro Magazine, and I think I don't know what your opinion of it is. At the time, I thought it was pretty good because I, I like their ranking. I had Game I Pro. Them. I liked them. The only beef I had with them was they, they hated Nintendo. No matter what Nintendo did, they hated Nintendo. They never gave them a good review. Never. Even when the game was good. Now that I look back on it, I think, and, and, and my recollections of it aren't quite so clear, I think they did have a bias towards, I think, well, at the time, Sony and Sega. Yeah, they, but, they thought PlayStation and Sega were going to be like the thing, and they constantly talk down about Nintendo. The only thing they gave a good review to was like Mario products and that's because it was Mario. Yeah. They couldn't say anything bad about Mario. But yeah, anything else on Nintendo they just gave a bad review. Yeah, now, I remember Mario sixty four kicking a lot of ass, but Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh back to my original uh uh line of thought here, I, I like their rating system. It had four uh areas that they would grade it from 0.5 or a half a star to five stars, right? They had right. graphics, sound, sound, control, and fun factor. And for an idiot like me, that was very easy to grasp. And I found that even if I rented a game that got like a three, three and a half in graphics and stuff like that, as long as it had decent controls and the game idea was fun, I could be very forgiving about graphics and sound. I'm not that obsessed with it and like I said bigger isn't always better exactly. as long as the game is fun and I, you're talking to a guy that will play card games and board games with little miniatures and dice and that's as low tech as you get 
and and I have a blast with them. I mean, it's just the, what drives the bus is making fun products. Exactly. And I understand, and and. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what the vibe that I'm getting from the video game industry is, is kind of like, it's becoming more and more like Hollywood where they've got to draw you in with spectacle. They release trailers for games. See, I, you games. know, I have a theory on that, Mr. Smith. I think that's where most of the money is being spent nowadays. And that's why they, they yeah. push so hard for, for them to recoup that back. And while we have DLC and while we have so much pay-to-play content. Um, it's because of that. You're absolutely right. Because I, I think that changed... I think that changed when Call of Duty took out an, an ad on Super Bowl, you know, the NBA Finals, things like that, where they spent so much money on that until it was just like, wow, guys, you just, like, really? Like, that was that's the whole budget right there. And then you still got to have some money for R&D, which is, you know, R&D probably isn't that much. It is because you got to have computers, you got to have the latest software, you got to have licenses, which they are expensive. Yeah. But yeah. millions of dollars is usually spent on, like, those big games and advertisement, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you there. I think they've turned too much into Hollywood. Even so, because, you know, now they're a billion-dollar industry, it's almost gone past Hollywood because... Excuse me. This is something people are gonna play every day. You know, like a movie you yeah. see one time, maybe, and then that's it. And you might get it on Blu-ray. So there's some yeah. money there. But with a video game, you're playing every single day. And if someone's constantly releasing content that you can, if you like, all you gotta do is pay for it or you know DLC. Then yeah, that's just continuous money streams. So I kind of get that. Yeah, you're right about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. It is. And uh, if I only had one thing to add to that, we're talking about continuous money stream and people spending a lot of hours with it, far more so than any you know, movie, unless it's like the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended edition, of course. It's like 12 plus hours. Right. I love those. <laughs> I'm not criticizing that. If it's good no. stuff, I'll sit and watch right. it. Right. I'll sit and watch it, but yeah, it was long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the friends in uh, my role playing group, he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, a couple months ago, he said he was playing. He was still playing Red Dead Redemption Two. I think he said he put forty hours into it or more. And I said, "Dude, that's a second job." Mm-hmm. That's, yep. Yeah, and 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 that's not even taking into account MMORPGs like, of course, World of Warcraft and you know, name any other one. It's, it's 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 such a big industry right now. And when I think about where it came from, like. I played the Atari when I was little. We had Pac-Man, we had Frogger, we had Pitfall. Missile Command. Had, uh, <laughs> All Moon those. Patrol. Yep. Simple little cartridges. You had the game right there. You played it. You got mad at it, walked away or whatever. At least that's what I did. Right. <laughs> and then you look at it now and, and how much the industry has grown. In fact, a, a lot of games, regardless of whether it's first-person shooters or action horror games like The Last of Us, the scope of them, and really the way that a lot of them are made with writing and acting and directing, or at least voice acting, things like that, it's becoming more and more like an interactive film. It is. I mean, yeah. essentially, if you really think about it, it really is, um, because, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, some games like Heavy Rain or... Um, 
become human or Detroit become human, a lot of them are interactive movies and they are like I mean Metal Gear is essentially an interactive movie aside from like stealth. You know, like it it has a lot of cutscenes to it. So, you know, you're absolutely right on that one. I, I just it's like to me like and I'm like you, like coming from where I was a kid, like I played Atari, but you know, of course Nintendo was mostly the thing when I was younger. Um, and just seeing that balloon from that, because, you know, again, like, I'm not too far from you. I'm, like, 34. So, you know, it's, like you said, seeing it come from just the cartridges and kind of okay graphics. Because remember back in our time, and I don't know if you felt like this, but, like, when you, when we were in the arcade, we were like, that's it. This is the greatest graphics ever is arcade circuit. And, oh, my God. Yeah, right. Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 were it for me. Right, you know, it's, it's never going to, the, the graphics are actual. never going to get any better. Never. And like, I mean, yeah. with the, the advent of N64 and PlayStation, like I remember playing Killer Instinct on N64 for the first time, and I was just like, this is, I got an arcade at home. Like, I, I don't have to go to the arcades anymore, you know. Yeah. And and same thing with PlayStation. When Tekken came out, it was just like I don't have to go to the arcades anymore. Really, you know? Yeah, I, I love. Uh, I've still got on my PlayStation One. I still got Tekken Three. To me, one of the greatest fighting games ever. And very close to that in my heart is the very first. Uh, well, it's, it's called Soul Calibur now, but when it was released in the arcade, it's called, called Soul, Soul Edge. Edge. Yep. And then when they released it for the home system, I don't know why, but they changed it to Soul Blade, and I think from there on it was uh, Soul Calibur. But yep. That's one of the few games that I completely, you know, that and Tekken 3 were two of the few games I just completely beat all the way through. I got everything. Yeah, but, it, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Those, uh, again, just, and, and that's the only thing I miss personally about today's like gaming industry is that I miss that back then it was like, is the game fun? More so that is it marketable, you know? But yeah. now it's a billion dollar industry, like you said, and it's just like, is it marketable though? Like, how are we gonna get this money back? You know? Yeah, and it also look at the game systems and, and just the hardware in general. Nintendo, the Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, uh, stuff like that. Compared to what we have now, those are much simpler. They're putting so much money into the hardware now. Absolutely. And promoting their games as if they were movies. Exactly. You know. They're, they're pushing them so hard, and of course, you know, every trailer you see for a game could be the trailer that gets, you know, a, a kid or even an adult into video gaming seriously. It can always be that one thing that pulls them into it, and then there's a lot to be said for that. But I mean, you know, it, it just, I, I see this rapidly expanding industry that's almost growing beyond its capacity to consistently produce. Uh, just not even great games, but just like solid content. There's, uh, you know, I tell tell games. Hey, it, it went the way of the dodo in spite of the good games. It made. Right. It's just it's uh, it, it's hard to describe. It's it's like the mini headed hydra. You think you've got a handle and cut one off and like no, it's multiple because re- you know it's it's also the age of clones and. You know, now like it, like like Hollywood, they see something working, then you'll see ten more clones like it. You know, like I, I remember when Grand Theft Auto came out, uh, the first one, and nobody paid attention to it until the third one. Then when Grand Theft Auto Three came out, that was the new standard for Sandlot games in the industry. So they're like, okay, cool, we want like a GTA clone. Let's do it. You know, and yeah, uh, that was that was crazy. Yeah, and- 
and, and I have a painful confession to you. This this is a nerd play first, you know, listeners. If you're, you're still with me, yes. Uh, I mean, like like there's, there's so many games out now, and, and so many of them look so similar. For a while, I could not distinguish Call of Duty from like Modern Warfare or any other high tech first person shooter. And bear in mind, I haven't played a lot of video games in a long time, so that's probably <laughs> why. I'm sure if I actually sat down. And went through. Oh, okay. This, these are the differences and stuff like that. Right. Well, okay. Honestly, to be fair, there's not too many in them aside from like the era and like. But Call of Duty games are pretty much all the same. Just shoot, make it to the end, and then of course you know play online. Here's my other question yeah. for you. In the like. So, what would you like to see in the gaming industry? Or like, no, no. I'll, I'll take that back. What what would make you kind of get back into it? You think will get like get you back into the game industry? Well, on my end of the whole thing, I'm not even gonna like put anything on the video game industry. Just on my end, if I had more spare time mm-hmm. and and not a lot of extra money, but some, you know, I, I'd I'd love to get back into it. I live out in the country. By the way. <laughs> I, 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 I know I'm going to sound like a weirdo. I live out by myself in the middle of the country, blah, blah, blah. You know? No, it's okay. I, I mean, I do too, essentially. So you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't have cable or, or uh, satellite TV out here. I don't have internet. I've got my cell phone. And that's it. Wow. So, yeah, whenever I'm, you know, listening to the nerd play directly from SoundCloud or whatever, I'm usually in town somewhere. Nice, so okay. But, I mean, it's, and like I said, for me, getting to a better area where I can get some, you know, some some internet and cable and stuff like that. And living close to some of my friends and stuff like that who could get me into more video games, that would get me more into it. Okay. Um, and, and I already see things that the video game industry is doing that would actually make me want to get back in and play. I've heard nothing but good things about The Last of Us. And I yes. know I've... I've Great reiterated game. How I, I, I see how the video game industry has, has grown and it's relied more on spectacle, but the the exception that, that I see are games like The Last of Us and and the sequel, which is coming up. And I don't know uh, if uh, you, you've heard of a D and D live streaming show called Critical Role. Yes, I have heard of them. I heard they're pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have, well, they have it on YouTube channel now, and one of the shows they have on there is called Between the Sheets, and uh, a guy named Brian W. Foster mm-hmm. so far has had two seasons of the show. He interviewed the entire cast, the, the regular cast, which are all voice actors, mm-hmm. and, and, and other people who have guest starred, and recently he interviewed Ashley Johnson, who happens to be his girlfriend, but she's also the woman who played Ellie in The Last of Us. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dude, in between being on a TV show, a popular TV show, I think it was called The Blind Spot, and and just everything else you're doing, she has been working on The Last of Us for four years. Wow. Yeah, like many major Hollywood films don't take quite that long to make. No. To me, that is a good indication that the same people who were involved with the first one are taking care not to just pump out a sequel. 
I respect that. Right. Well, you know, Sony is very careful about how they put out their games. Well, with some of them, but Last of Us, they're very careful with it. It's kind of like Uncharted. Uncharted was the same way. It had the same development cycle to where they worked so hard on it, and we didn't know anything about it until it came out. Uh, so, yeah, I applaud Sony because they always put go above and beyond for their, especially their single-player experiences are really good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to me, that's very encouraging. I respect quality over quantity. Right. So when I, when, I, when I hear things like that, I think, okay, that's the kind of game that I'd want to play. I'm sure I'd be an emotional wreck afterwards because games like that. Are, oh, bruh. Uh, you yeah. got him. You got him. Like, I played it, and I went back through it kind of again. I was kind of playing it again on my PS4, and it is. It's very sad. The story, like, they touch the, the tearjerkers. They, they touch it because... Yeah. Whew. And, and that's that's one thing that I, I kind of <laughs> again I'm I'm a tender-hearted guy and I get intimidated about stuff like that. So, right. Uh, if, if I know the game's got like really really heavy themes and emotions and stuff like that, I may have to like just force myself to take a deep breath and then get into it. But you know, on the subject of quality, for me personally. That's what I'm into. When I say quality, I don't necessarily mean the best graphics. Right. No, because, I mean, graphics it's don't... We're, we're from the old school, and graphics don't make yeah. the game for us. Like, you gotta give us... A, like, that. that's nice. This is great that I can see myself in the water, but, you know, where's my game? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the icing on the cake. You don't eat the cake for the icing. The icing enhances the experience. It's exactly. The exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really what I'm into. And, and also, being out of games for a while, I can look at other games like, I'll go to GameStop and buy a couple of games for $15, $20 that have been out for the 360 for you know, however long. And I'll, I'll look them up online. Oh, this is good. Okay. And it's the complete game. Yeah, it's the game of the year edition. I, I, got, I bought a brand new copy of Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Yes. So sold it back at GameStop. I hadn't even opened the damn thing yet. It's the Game of the Year edition or something like that with the extra zombie content. I still have that to play through. <laughs> I don't. So. That's awesome. My, my, my perspective on the video game industry, uh, from what you've just heard, is, is a lot different, I'm sure. So. No, but it's still important. It's still, like, it's cool because, <laughs> of course, as you can hear on the show, uh, Leroy calls me old all the time, but. Um, you know, I, I respect the old school people's because, like, I ask people that all the time, especially being a game developer myself. I always ask yeah. people, you know, like, well, what, how do you feel about the gaming industry as it stands now? And, you know, I always ask people who may not be fans of RPGs, like, well, you know, why don't you like them? Because and while it may not, you know, my game may not be for their audience, it's still important to see, like, what, what don't, what keeps you away from it. So, like, if I feel like Mon has too much of that, or if Mon, like, doesn't have that, then that would be a good, like, well, you know, I know you don't like RPGs, but, you know, I, I don't have this in my, my game, or I don't have that, or it just helps craft the game to be more versatile and universal for everyone. So. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, uh, even though you may not realize it, is because, uh, well, at least from where I'm standing, your game has the potential to draw other people into that style of game. You know, if they've never played any of the Final Fantasy games or any other, anything even remotely RPG, there is a possibility that 
your game could actually win them over. They say, oh, well, this is, I don't know why this was so bad. And like me, whenever I played Castlevania and Symphony of the Night, and I spent like 16 hours playing the damn thing. Right. Suddenly, back on The Legend of Zelda, the original one with the gold cartridge, it doesn't seem so bad. No. You know? And that's, and that, that was an 8-bit game. I feel stupid for being so intimidated by it because it took that long to play. But, yeah, and also, you know, it's, it, from, from what I've learned after listening to y'all's podcast for, gosh, since, uh, like, the beginning, I don't know if I, I don't think I've heard, like, every single episode. <laughs> but I'm sure I've missed, and I'm sure I'll get caught up on something. But you are a student not only of video game history, but the, the video game industry. You put a lot of thought into what you do. Yes. And I think that works very heavily in your favor. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so cool. much. And it's, it's not just because you brought me on to your podcast. <laughs> oh. That, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not simply, it's not simply because of that. I, I, I really do feel that way. I, I think that, you know, you, if you don't let a lot of other people's opinions affect the uh, end result in a negative way, Right. You're not putting stuff in that really doesn't need to be, you know, you're not wasting time designing all this extra stuff. Right. You know, as long as you don't do that, I think you'll be good. I'm good. Sure. And and the Kingdom Withheld is coming soon, I promise. I just, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, but I've been working on it diligently. I promise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, if I may ask. Okay, I'm sorry. Ask your question one more time for me. Okay. Uh, and this this was a while back, but uh, I don't know if, if you said this on the show or not, uh-huh. but uh, you said at some point you'd like to make a fighting game? Yes, there is one actually on the docket. Um, I just, right now I'm focusing purely on the RPG, but there is a fighting game coming out, yes. Okay, I, I have a potential title for it. It's, you don't have to start working on it right away. It's a potential title for your future fighting game. You want to write it down there. I have a great title for it. Okay, what's the title? The Ass Whipping Withheld. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution to your game. <laughs> That's, you know what? I don't know if I can go that strong on a title, but I will definitely name a DLC in the fighting game after that. I will name it that. Uh, you honor me, sir. I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Smith, you honor me, and we can chop it up all night. I know you got stuff to do. I, I kind of have a few things to do, um, but I, I did want to ask before we go... Um, is there anything, any questions, or anything you'd like to ask the nerd play? And do you have any comments for us on how we can be better, or what you like, what you don't like about the show? Go ahead. This is your forum. Well, I don't have any criticisms or, or insights or whatever, but uh, I, I will say this. As a fan, uh, I enjoy hearing my emails and comments and stuff like that read on the air. And of course. I would like to, yeah, and, and I would like to encourage everyone who listens to the show to do the same. It's, I'm not doing it just to hear my emails read on the air. Whenever you contribute something like that, whenever you just say, hey, I like this episode, or here's an idea, or here's a question, you enhance the show. It's an interaction. It's not just 
you and Leroy talking See, to nice. nobody. And please, tell, tell the people. Tell the people, Mr. Smith, because I've been trying to beg people, like, please send in emails, please, because I, I want to know if we're doing well. I, I would like to hear feedback from people. So thank you for saying that, because I've been trying to tell people to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I'm not and we really appreciate your emails, like, for real. We really appreciate them. They're hilarious, yeah, yeah, and we love them. And, and every time I send an email out, you know, I, I would think, okay, this maybe this will, will start other emails coming in. And I'm not calling out or, or criticizing anyone else. I'm just saying, look, if, if you send in comments and, and helpful questions and stuff like that, not only will enhance the show, who knows? You could end up on an episode of the Nerd Blade too. That's right. That's right. Or even have your own episode. Because I, I think this is pretty much going to be your own episode, sir. You're that important right now. Well, thank you, thank you. And, and you know what? Who knows? Some lucky listener out there could become the second greatest nerd play fan. That's right. It's always room for number two, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not greedy. <laughs> and did you have, like, any questions for us before we, we go? Man, we, we talk about so much stuff. I don't know if I have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to just kind of leave it there, but um, you know, I, 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 once again, I would like to at least shout out to Leroy. You know, sorry I missed you, uh, and and really and truly, uh, if I can make the time, I'd love to just come down there and hang out with y'all in the new place studio. And, you know, do this oh time. yeah, no, we yeah, we we definitely <laughs> we would definitely be down for that. We uh. Yeah, we just we'd be all over the place, but we definitely be down for it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I understand this is something that you have to schedule in advance, kind of make time for. So right, no no rush on that. But uh, Mr. Rockman, I had a blast. Well, thank you, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for listening, like for real, Mr. Smith. Like I, I really appreciate it. You know, we we do it for you guys, and uh, I mean, just just thank you because. It's, it's a lot of times we're just like, all right, let's do this. But we get into it and it's so fun. And then it, it's it's honorable to me. And, and I'm just so honored when I see your comments or when I see you sending in the email. Because it's so funny. Because you do. You'll catch, like, you um, you corrected us about the Tauntaun. And I don't know if you heard. Like, we talked about that on the show. And I was just like, damn. He just totally just ruined my argument. And it, it was hilarious because we died laughing about that. I was like, well, he's right. <laughs> that did tickle me. I, that's, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, and like I said, I didn't mean to start an argument, but and also, uh, I don't think General Grievous had any force powers, and he wielded like more lightsabers. See, okay, so the whole thing. Okay, so we, we, we're just gonna go ahead and say it. Anybody can wield a lightsaber. I get it, but I'm just saying. In the original movies, they were like, "I gotta have force powers," but I guess that's just out the window now. So whatever. Well, you know. It, Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have just <laughs> left it. I should have no. left it. I didn't want to leave on a bad note. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> no, yeah, nah, man. Just the fact that you're on the show is awesome. And we, listen, we're going to have that conversation again. When I get Leroy back in here, we're all going to have that conversation again. And we're we're, we're going to figure that out. But, uh, as, again. As, as, as long as it's done in the spirit of fun. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mr. Swift. I appreciate you. Uh, of course, I've been Rockman3k3, and you can find us on all our social medias under NerdPlate, and uh, even in Twitter this time, uh, at NerdPlate. So thank you so much, sir, and uh, we'll definitely see you next time. Yeah.
I'll see you next time. And to all you listeners out there, send in emails and comments. Yes, please. See, Mr. Smith said it. And see, I didn't make him up. He is not... I didn't do ventriloquism. Was it ventriloquism? Whatever it's called. I didn't throw him up the voice. Okay? He's a real person. Like, so there. You know. I'm not even like an alternate personality like Gollum and Smeagol. I'm a separate person. See? A separate person altogether. So there you go. Squash the myth. There. We're not to the emails to ourselves. He's an actual fan. He's the best fan we've ever had. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm RockFan3K3, and this is... Mr. Smith. Ah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> this has been the Nerd Plate. Right, right? <laughs> we are out. Thanks for listening.